0: That you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me, then, when I say that I am the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, Because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So from that Bible passage, Jesus not only tells us about God and who he is, but he states that he himself shows us God and that God is revealed through the person of Christ. We don't have to just listen to stories about God, but when we meet Jesus, we meet God. Jesus shows us what God the Father is like. He shows us the Father's love, his compassion, his mercy, his righteousness, his humility, his authority. In the words, the works, and the truth of the person of Jesus, the Father is made visible so that we can know him. Let us stop and think about our own lives and our own relationships for one moment. How do we get to know somebody new? maybe we're introduced via somebody else have you seen the person that's moved in a few doors down have you met them yet you know of them but you know nothing about them at this point apart from maybe where they live or what new job they're coming into then you get to meet them personally and maybe you can put some of padding around who they are you can ask them where they've come from. You can ask them what they do. You can ask them about their family. You can ask them more details. But still, you know them on a fairly factual level. It's going to take a little bit of time and a number of interactions and a number of conversations before you get to know them intimately and you understand them and you can just get a real sense of who they are. That insight about who God is will only come when we spend a number of times with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, getting to know him better. In the Gospels, we hear accounts of what Jesus said and did. Sometimes the message is clear. Sometimes he seems to speak in riddles. There's a number of parables that maybe make some sense, but maybe leave us with more questions than they do answers. The Gospels are not a manual for how to live a life as a Christian. Instead, they are an invitation into a conversation with Jesus. As we get to know Jesus more, we get to know more about who God is too. We won't get to know him and by default we won't get to know God until we spend time Getting to know him deeply, intimately, and in a range of different scenarios its not just about getting to know Jesus when things are going good. We need to come to Jesus at every situation. And as we do so, we understand more about who Jesus was, but we also understand more about who God is, too. In preparing for this talk, I came across this poem, which spoke to me, and I wanted to share it with you now. It's by an unknown author, but whoever wrote it introduced it like this. Is there any greater mystery than God in glory becoming human in history? It's not just a miracle like water into wine. It transcends miracle and is unthinkable. A spirit putting on flesh. Something larger than life becoming a lesser life form voluntarily. Something along the order of an animal becoming a vegetable, or an intangible substance becoming a whole different kind of substance. Choosing to go from a superior being to an inferior being for the sake of that same inferior being. The designer taking on the form of the designed. It's as if. The speaker becomes the sounding word. The playwright stoops to the stage. The author enters his wonder tale. The binder becomes the page. The sculptor becomes a marble bust. The engraver, copper cut fine. The painter strolls in his landscape. The builder is the plumb line. The conductor becomes an instrument. The cellist, a vibrating string. The composer, a note in a minor key. The ringer, the bell to ring. The baker kneads herself into bread. The pickler becomes the brine. The chef is served in a steaming bowl. The steward bleeds into wine. The shepherd becomes the gated sheep. The hunter becomes the hind. The rider becomes the frothing steed. The herder becomes the swine. The blacksmith melts himself to steel. The reaper becomes the feed. The farmer becomes the iron plow and the sower becomes the seed. The carpenter is nailed to the wooden beams. The potter is earthen clay. The mason becomes the stumbling stone. God with us to stay. To what do we compare this thing? Love doth true embrace. Through labor pains, a pregnant world bears power, fleshed by grace. To what do we compare this thing? True love has a truth, has love obeyed. Pitching his tent with homeless man, the maker. Becomes the maid. We so often talk about Jesus being God incarnate or Emmanuel, which means God with us at Christmas. But I wonder how often we pause and we reflect on those words outside of the Christmas season. Yes, Jesus was God incarnate when he was born as a baby. But also, so he was as a tantruming toddler, as a grumpy teenager trying to find his way in the world, as a young man forging a career as a carpenter, hands cut and filled with uh, splinters, as he entered the temple and tipped over the tables of the moneylenders in rage, as he turned water to wine, as he went hungry in the desert, as he began his ministry of teaching and healing and transforming lives, as he faced the agonizing betrayal by his friends, and ultimately as he faced up to his own death on the cross, as he was when he rose again from the tomb and as he ascended to heaven to be with his dad. Although we read about the amazing things Jesus was and did and said, I wonder how often we, like the disciples, Doubt that, too. I know I do sometimes. But I feel reassured when reading the passage that we read. The disciples who literally walked in the physical presence of Jesus didn't quite understand who he was all the time. So I feel reassured when I don't get it. But again, in the same way that Jesus invited the disciples into the conversation, here today he invites you into the conversation we can go to Jesus we can ask him the questions that matter we can tell him the things that we don't get and together we can explore that and he will speak back to us and he will tell us and he will help us to understand who he is and as he helps us to understand who he is he helps us to understand who God is In fact, in the very opening words of John's gospel, we're told in no uncertain terms of Jesus' identity as God. And this must surely point to the fact that he is one of the clearest ways in which we can understand and we can hear from God. In John 1, 1, we read, it will be familiar to many of you, "...in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, the word, was in the beginning. He was with God and he was God. He wasn't created. He existed as God existed and co created with God as God created as God. He came in the human body not as a messenger of God, but as God Himself. So when we ask the question, how do we hear God? we must remind ourselves that Jesus was God. We have accounts of Jesus as he walked and as he talked on this earth, and we believe as Christians we can be in relationship with him and we can continue that conversation. Everything he said and did was God saying and doing and being those things. Jesus in coming to the earth was the hands and feet and voice of God. Isn't that amazing? There's so many other stories in the Bible, Uh, For example, John the Baptist. But it tells us clearly here that Jesus is the only manifestation of God on this earth. So how do we hear from God? What better way than to immerse ourselves ourselves in the accounts and the words that have been written about Jesus? But that's not enough. We need to spend our lives in constant communion with Jesus, We need to recognize that he walks with us in the day-to-day. And we need to recognize that we can reach out to him and we can have a conversation with him at any point. In the good times, yes, but also when life is hard and we have questions. Anything we read in the Bible about Jesus, we read about God. And as his disciples built relationship with Christ, we are invited to build that same relationship In the same way that we respond better, however, to different messages being shared with us, over the next few weeks, we're going to explore different ways of how God can speak to us. But what better place to start than in the person of Jesus? A good benchmark with which to weigh up other things in which we think God might be saying to us. We can't restrict ourselves to thinking that we can only hear God through Jesus, But it's definitely a good place to start. As I come into land today, uh, I'd like to leave you with a bit of a challenge. In the midst of the morning and the remembering the life of the Queen, let us be inspired by her faith and share in the hope that she found in the person of Jesus. Let's be reminded of the way in which she understood her role, her life, uh, and um, was able to guide others in that, in the way that she shared her faith. And in, the th- in those uh, quotes that I read earlier, just how she helped us to remind ourselves that Jesus is what matters. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our teacher. Jesus points us to God. And when we remember that, let's think about how we open our lives up to hearing more of Jesus in our day to day. How does his teaching, his example, and his legacy help to shape the framework of our lives today? How then? Do we hear the voice of God speak to us more directly about our lives and our experiences here in Bristol in 2022? We spend time with Jesus. I'd love to invite Will up uh, so that we can go into a time of prayer ministry, reflecting and praying and continuing to hear what God might be saying to us collectively and individually
1: this morning. Amazing. Thank you, Wayne. Um, yeah, Wayne said it already, but um, we want to give a bit of time to, um, to prayer ministry, to praying for one another. Um, it's something we kind of want to make a more regular practice at this um, service because there's a, an incredible power in taking time to pray for one another. It's something that we almost can't kind of value enough. And there's a massive difference between when we talk about something like prayer ministry and when we talk about intercession. Both are good, both are prayer. They're just different types of prayer. Like intercession, so if I'm interceding for Wayne and Wayne said, oh, I'd quite like some prayer, I'm, I'm just asking God for stuff. So I might be like, oh, God, can you bless Wayne and can you just meet with him in this way and he's got this problem in his life and can you help him with that? And, um, and I'm just saying things to God The difference when we talk about prayer ministry is we tend to take a bit longer praying over someone. But one of the big shifts is is that we're praying in a way that, you know, prayer is not just one thing. Prayer is a lot of things. But we're praying in a way that's as much about communion with God as it is about asking God for things. And and the difference then is I'm not just going to speak when I'm praying for Wayne in prayer ministry. I'm going to give space to stand with him in as he meets and communes with God. So it's kind of about creating a space and standing beside one another um, so that we can meet with God. Um, With with an expectation that God's gonna meet with us right now, that God's gonna speak to us right now. When we intercede, it's a bit different. When we're interceding for someone, we're, we're praying for them. Are we expecting God to meet with them right now? Well, maybe, but it doesn't really matter so much. We're kind of just hoping that something will happen over the coming weeks. But when we're praying in prayer ministry, we're kind of expecting that God's going to come and meet with that person right here, right now. And if we're the person coming to be prayed for, we're kind of putting ourselves in a position of openness, of saying, God, I want to meet with you, I need to hear from you, um, and, and creating a space where we can just be and kind of listen to him, and it's an incredibly powerful space. So what we're going to do, and with, with prayer ministry, prayer ministry is always something that you kind of like opt in. It's never a kind of, hey, we're all going to pray for one another. No, no, that's not how it works. We're responding to what God is doing. And if we want prayer, we can get prayer. If we don't, we don't have to. It's really as simple as that. But how do we do it? We're just going to a bit of crash course in prayer ministry. This is like prayer ministry 101. Wayne, will you be my guinea pig?
0: I will be your guinea pig.
1: Okay. So, Wayne, you want prayer I mean, we can just tell that by looking at you, can't we? Like, no, like, pr- prayer, I think sometimes we think that prayer is something that, like, we can only, like, pray for someone if there's a problem. So, like, Wayne is in a deep place of grief, or he's really ill, or his aunt's having trouble. No, like, we, we can simply come to God in prayer if we just want to receive more of his blessing. And so, Wayne, you've come, you want prayer for more of God's blessing in your life. Like, we've just talked about how to hear from God. You want to meet with Jesus this morning, um, so how do we do that? Um, well, what we do is Wayne says, hey, I, I'd quite like some prayer. And then if we're near Wayne, um, we'll, we'll pray for him. And ideally when we do this, we want to have um, uh, at least somebody of the same sex praying. So I'm a guy, I'm going to pray with Wayne. If there was someone else, that'd be fine. If it's a spouse, it's less of an issue. But that's just about kind of making people feel comfortable and making people feel safe. Um, and first of all, we don't need to ask questions. So Wayne's come forward. He said, he wants want prayer? I don't need to be like, Wayne, what do you want prayer for? Like, Wayne might not want to tell me, and that's completely okay. And because I'm not interceding, we're doing prayer ministry. We're kind of standing with people as they meet with God. I don't need to know. God does. And um, he knows already, which is good news, isn't it? Um, so I'm going to pray for Wayne. And we pray by kind of just laying hands on, not because we have to, um, but there's something biblical about it. And there's also something pastoral. In the Bible, we see lots of times where people are pray for by laying on of hands. Um, but there's also something helpful. When we're praying for them in this way, if I lay a hand on Wayne, he knows I'm still praying for him even if I'm not saying anything. But before we do that, we always ask. Might be the person's not comfortable with that. That's okay. We don't have to. It's not invalid if we don't. I'll, so I'll say, Wayne, um, would it be all right if I um, put a hand on you? Please do. And when we're laying on hands, shoulder or top of back, General rule. So, um, this is as simple as it gets. So I'm going to pray for Wayne. This is really profound. You might want to take notes at this point. Um, Here's my prayer. Come Holy Spirit. That's it. That's all I need to say. Because all I'm doing is inviting God to come meet with Wayne. I might want to say a bit more but I don't have to. And certainly what we don't want to do is is for me to just like pray endlessly in Wayne's ear, because that's not very helpful. The idea is creating a space where Wayne can meet with God, not where Wayne can hear me. Like if I'm praying, God might want to hear me, but Wayne doesn't need to. He just needs to know he's being prayed for. He knows that because I've got my hand on him. He doesn't need to hear what I'm saying to Jesus privately. And as I'm praying, um, I'm I'm listening to God, and I'm thinking, is there a scripture God's bringing to mind, or a particular phrase? And if there is, I might share that with Wayne at the end of my time praying. But all I'm simply doing is holding a space where I can pray for him here. Um, I keep my eyes open. Why? Because Wayne might think, I've had enough of this, I'd like to stop. And if I'm like this, it's immensely awkward. Because Wayne's now like, gosh, I'd really like to end, but Will's looking really spiritual. And, you know, Come Lord, and you know, he's going crazy. And and Wayne wants to go. So we pray with our eyes open um, so we can kind of see what's happening and just respond to that. Um, Amazing. So what what I'd love for us to do is for us to stand together. And what we're going to do is we're just going to ask God to come and meet with us. Um, and then after a while for anybody who wants to we're going to give an opportunity um, to pray for one another and that might be nobody which is nice and easy because it means we go home earlier it might be everybody in which case um, we've got a logistical problem on our hands but should we stand and let's just give a bit of space for us to meet with God and pray